0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California.
1: Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
2: <laughs> I, would stop in, I would stop in many times a day, you know. <laughs> look around and leave. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so it's important to actually work out.
3: <laughs> uh, but it helps me to
4: break
0: things down into its component parts. Then I can understand yeah. what's, what's going on better.
2: But yeah, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do these two. Very important qualities, vitaka and vichara. And as I said, some people are really good at the vitaka, the coming back and initial, but it doesn't occur to them to stay. Or that, they, they, you know, there's, there's some effort, that, some little, kind of an effort or kind of a muscle to be activated to stay and hang out. And some people are really good at staying, so that when they wander off in thought, <laughs> they stay there. <laughs> I'm, I'm the champion of that. <laughs> Which is, you know, but, but a little bit, not joking so much, but um, I, I believe that whatever we do regularly, strength, it gets strengthened by the repeated activity. So, so if, you, that's, if you go a lot in, in your meditation into thought, and allow yourself to do that long periods of time, you're reinforcing that tendency. Someone else? I saw a hand, no?
1: So, what was really interesting to me is when um, you know, you're differentiating, starting again, instead of starting over, no, starting over instead of starting again. Um, And Really, it kind of feels that, you know, within the sitting, it's really an opportunity to apply in daily life. You know, I mean, there are many things that we do and I do and I feel I can do better and it's just, okay. Like the way um, I react to those things, I think, in a negative way. And so the the breath can be a metaphor and, and also a way to work that muscle um, to be kinder in starting over. Nice. Uh, Many things can be applied to many things in
2: life. I think it's a wise thing, the idea of starting starting again, just starting fresh, starting, you know, you wake up in the morning and get to do it all over again. One of the things I learned in the monastery at Tassahara which was, uh, had a big impact on me was, um, you know, I worked in the kitchen, so I had to cook all this food for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the thing was that if you messed up with the food, like, you know, you burnt the beans or something, or I don't know what, you know, it didn't turn out right, um, the nature of food, meals, is the next day you get to start again, you get to try again. <laughs> It, you know, it didn't matter, you know. It, it was yesterday <laughs> I burned the beans. But I get to try again. And I used to be kind of excited. I get to try again. <laughs> it, was, it made me happy. I
1: guess a little that I was kind of grasping this morning is I feel that I've always been someone who is starting again. So I feel that every morning, every day, every week, every month is uh-huh. an opportunity to to get a fresh start. But I think what I learned this morning Um, is more in how you're getting that fresh start, you know. So um, I feel that, yes, I can push myself to start again, right? Or um, I can really be kind and I can be... No, it's... I'm trying to find the words, but it's it's really in the how you start. It's not the starting again.
2: I like it, yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's really a big key to all this, is the how you are Mm -hmm. is uh, central... And lot will follow with the right how. In fact, it could be that all the what you do is, is trying to get you to the how. And if you can get to the how sooner, then you don't have to do so much what. <laughs> okay, great, thank you. And um, so let's do a uh, meditation. one of the principles of this kind of meditation is that of being your own teacher being your own monitor and then knowing recognizing the conditions that you have in any particular time and knowing within reason uh, the different medicine the different approaches are needed so for example some of you now after lunch could be tired get sleepy fairly common when you're agitated Sometimes it's nice to emphasize the exhale. The exhale is kind of relaxing. When you're really sleepy, sometimes it's good to emphasize the inhale and kind of give yourself a little bit more oomph around the inhale. There's an upwelling feeling with the inhale. There's energy that comes with the inhale. The body gets lifted with the inhale. And it's going to take that upwelling or uplifting kind of energy of, that comes with uh, breathing in. And then when you exhale, don't give it away. Don't, don't, don't relax it. Just keep it there. So there's a kind of a it brightens the mind or brightens your being. Um, and if you think the meditation is only about relaxing and calming, when you're really sleepy, then you might fall asleep. So sitting up straight, and if you are tired, sitting up a little straighter, even still. So there's a little energy in your system from your posture. And then gently closing your eyes. And then bring your attention to your posture and see if there are small ways, minute ways maybe, that you can adjust your posture so your posture is more supportive for easy breathing. Subtle kind of shifts in the spine, the vertebrae. Maybe it's little ways in which opening the chest. Being a little careful if there's some place you might be collapsing. Sometimes people collapse towards left or the right. And you can feel a narrowing of the rib cage on one side and then in the most gentle way that you can you can take a few long slow deep breaths As you exhale, give give yourself in or relax with gravity. Let yourself settle into your body. say that a snail carries its home on its back. We carry our home in our body. To be at home in this body, to relax any way in which you're braced against life, And then take a few moments now to get familiar with your experience of breathing. How are you breathing now? As if your breathing is a key to understanding how you are right now. What does your breathing indicate? What does it show you? As if you're allowed to breathe just the way you are. And you tune into that. What do you learn? Taking what you learned this morning about how you connect and how you sustain your attention to breathing. Give yourself over to your breathing best you can, just breathing. Being content, being content with however your effort is. And then as you feel your breathing, with a kind of peripheral vision, become increasingly aware of your body, almost as if breathing is at the center of the universe. And as your attention radiates out from the center, you become aware of your body becoming familiar with your experience of your body. Being kind to that, being allowing just to notice as you breathe in and breathe out, become aware of the state of your body. And then as you exhale, you might see if you can relax the body, but not the mind. Keep the mind bright, alert. But let the body soften, Ease up. Let the body be at home in itself. So there's a three-part process here of familiarizing yourself with how breathing is. Simple familiarization, developing steadiness with the breath hanging in there, sustaining the attention. And then opening the awareness a little bit more widely to be aware of the body as you're breathing. Staying with the breath, breathing through it all. Letting things be as they are, as you're aware of them. And then the third step is to relax the body. Let the body soften. So the edges of the body soften into the atmosphere around it. And then to end this sitting, take long, slow, deep breath. Feel your body as part of the transition. So you're, a, inhabit your body when you're ready to open your eyes, connected to your body. And when you're ready to open your eyes, <clears throat> do so almost as if you're in your body as you do it, almost as if your whole body is seeing Those of you who have been coming, (coughs) the first of the first four of the 16 steps, it can be simplified into three steps, familiarizing yourself with the breath, and use the breathing as a place to stabilize your attention in the present moment. So the coming back and sustaining the attention is important to the stabilizing, so you're working that rhythm so you can stay here in the present moment more and more. And then as you stay with your breathing, then becoming aware of your body, heighten the tension to the body. And then as you become aware, especially the places where you're tense or held, <clears throat> that then you're allowed to relax. See if you can relax, say, let go, or soften around any of the holding in your body so the body can become softer or less held. And that's the beginning of this process where the relaxing the body is the, the end of the first four steps. I thought we'd take a little break and uh, come back and then go kind of quickly through the second four and then introduce to you the the beginning of the third tetrad. So I think we should take this break in silence and it can be either a break for walking meditation or if you you are sleepy, if you get fresh air by walking around the block, it's a nice thing to do. And... uh, We'll take, I think, 20 minutes for this, and so hopefully you can start at 20 minutes after two, and hopefully you uh, can be settled and quiet during this time, and and do something that maybe, if you need to, kind of refreshes you and brings you back fresh for the next sitting. Okay, so let's keep the building in silence. So, um, part of the value of, having continuity of attention with breathing is that <clears throat> the more settled we get, the more continuous we get with the breathing, uh, the more likely we are to notice the subtle, maybe first the, the big ways, but then the smaller smaller ways that we um, are agitated or ways in which we have thoughts or attitudes that don't quite serve us, that kind of keep us from being settled in a deep way. As we settle more and more, we notice how we're still unsettled. And this process of uh, having the meditation practice and the breath meditation reveal to us where we're unsettled, where we're still caught, where we're attached, where we have attitudes that don't serve us, is part of the process, important part of the process. But if people have the general approach to life to judge that negatively, not judge themselves negatively, then a self-knowledge is a drag. Uh, and, you know, but self-knowledge is actually the way forward. It's the way to th- this practice deepens. It's designed to flush out kind of the things that are things we do to ourselves are not so supportive so you have to be very careful as you do this kind of practice here as you learn about things that you do or how you are, or attitudes you have that uh, that, um, be very careful how you relate to it ideally you'd relate to it with appreciation not appreciation that you have a few little mental foibles or something. But uh, appreciation that you get to see it, that you're so lucky, wow, I get to know this. Uh, as opposed to, oh, gee, I'm just a loser. You know, can you believe you know, what I do in my mind? And I'm always angry, or I'm always doing this, or I'm that kind of person, I'm always, you know, you know, whatever, you know, it's, we have all these attitudes, you know, this built in from a lifetime of experience, sometimes conditioning we have some sometimes very fundamental attitudes about ourselves and about the world that are not so supportive, keep us agitated, keep us from being at home and settled in at peace here and now. So it's helpful for this process to have appreciation for any self-knowledge you have, even if it's not very, you know, pretty. because then you have a chance to work with it. Then you have a chance to not buy into it or believe it or cotton it or you have a chance to heal it. You have a chance to move beyond it, to grow beyond it, let go of it. So that difference between appreciation and dismay, appreciation and aversion, appreciation and discouragement is a very important difference. So part of this process here is self-knowledge and your job in the rhythm is to appreciate. Let, let the, there's a time and a place where you'll learn more about yourself and then appreciate that you have that knowledge. You don't have to appreciate that you have these foibles, um, but you don't have to not appreciate it. Just be very, be very, you say, oh, this is, what, this is how it works, oh, this is how it works my mind, this is what goes on. These are the kinds of thoughts. These are the kind of beliefs. These are the concerns I have. This is the attitudes I have. Look at that. I didn't know that. I didn't know how pervasive it was. And what happens sometimes is the deeper people get in meditation, the more likely they'll notice attitudes which are pervasive. Certain attitudes about life which are there all the time in the background, kind of uh, um, influencing everything, kind of coloring everything a little bit. And sometimes people can spend, you know, a lifetime not knowing that that background mood is that background, those background attitudes, those background beliefs that they have, and they're so much in the, you know, kind of in the. I don't know if background is the right word, but there's so much there in the background that they're not even seen. They're just, you know, that's the way it is, right? I mean, um, I mean, I imagine if someone grew up, I can imagine someone growing up in America where they, in a situation where they only spoke English and didn't get a good education. It never occurred to them. They've never been told that anybody speaks any other language. And they just think that's, English is just the way people talk and the way people think is in English. And that's just the nature of the universe. And uh, and then someone, they go to a foreign country and they have people speaking foreign language and they say, wow, I speak English. <laughs> It's a particular language. I thought it was just, you know, so, so, uh, but these attitudes, you know, so there's attitudes of that the world a dangerous place, that to always keep my guard up, to always kind of check it out, and, or an attitude that, um, that, um, I'm supposed to get what I want. Whatever I want, I'm supposed to get. If I don't get what I want, I'm unsuccessful, I'm, I'm failing or something or an attitude that I'm somehow an inadequate person because of having, who knows why. And so, you know, just kind of a background idea. So like my, somebody heard me say this before, but my background kind of attitude that I discovered when I started sitting retreats was um, the attitude that I was always guilty. I didn't have to do anything to be guilty, I just was guilty. I didn't have to have a reason to be guilty, I just, because I was alive, I guess, guess. and a good enough reason, I, I, I didn't need a reason. <laughs> that background mood, that background place doesn't have reasons, it's just kind of a conditioning, it's a lesson it's learned maybe, it's there. So this is an important part, is to, to realize that this kind of understanding comes and then uh, appreciate it and the opposite can happen as well. As we get quieter and stiller, we learn not just our foibles, but we learn our strengths. We learn what's really great about us. We learn about good things within us as well. And for some people, those are harder to face and acknowledge and be with. And um, sometimes people, when they meditate, have um, uh, a re- uh, remember really good experiences they had, maybe as children that uh, were nourishing, supportive, that they've lost touch with or completely forgotten. And it's there kind of in the background, uh, in the memory banks. <clears throat> something about meditation, as we settle and feel more whole, complete, calm in meditation, something about that process maybe um, revives those old memories or reminds us of them. It happened to me when I got my first retreats. You know, I had, on one hand, I had all this guilt. On the other hand, There were times when I settled down and was pretty content and just breathing. And I started having this feeling that I, I, oh, this is what happened when I was, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old. And I called it uh, putting my head on the pillow experience. Because I associated with putting my head on the pillow and just feeling safe and good and connected and here. And just like, ah, this was, at the time I didn't think anything of it, I just was, you know, but but then uh, it was there in the background. So this background mood, this background attitude, this background thoughts, beliefs that we have, uh, part of the function of meditation is to to see what's there and learn not to buy into the ones that are unhelpful and learn to be content, be glad, be happy about the ones that are helpful and and to support them. So, um, it's, so the, the background mood, the attitude, is also closely connected to the f- the flavor or the texture or the sense, the feeling of being aware itself. <clears throat> to, to to that that which allows us to know, what some people call awareness or. The quality of our attention, the quality of awareness. Um, you know, if I really want to, really want something really badly, uh, that's somewhere around. I'm looking at it. You can kind of like gild your eyes are, you know, bugging out of your head, your face. You are really you know, you're looking so hard. You know, so the looking is there. Or if I'm repulsed by something, you know, my eye, my my eyes close. You know, and I don't want to see. You can kind of. See how I see is affected, right? So same thing with awareness itself. How we're aware can be retracted, can be contracted, it can be kind of forceful. So in addition to the mood or the attitude of mind, there's also the very nature of the mind being aware, how it's aware, the attitude of being aware, the field of awareness or or the tone that goes with knowing anything at all. When we recognize something, there's a tone to that recognition that way, we can feel, what's that tone? And, um, and many people don't appreciate this background, mood, attitude, tone, the, the quality of awareness that we have because it it's kind of recedes from view when we're busy and involved with preoccupations and concerns and what we want to do. But the opportunity in meditation is to get quiet and begin letting go of the concerns we have, the preoccupations. And as we're not preoccupied anymore, then this uh, these background stuff, or this more funda- pervasive, fundamental f- ground of our being begins to show itself more and more. And that's part of the process. And uh, some of that can be quite beautiful, quite wonderful. So with that as an introduction to this meditation, then if you didn't follow all that, that's okay. That's all okay. Then um, I'll introduce something in the meditation for you. So sitting with your eyes closed and taking a moment, a few moments here, to directly check in with yourself. How are you right now? How are you feeling? How are you in your body, in your heart, in your mind? How are you? And how are you with how you are? And is it possible to be at ease a little bit, or at ease with how you are, allowing yourself to be as you are any way that you might be. And appreciate the fact that you're noticing. Appreciate that you, right now, here and now, you can be aware and know how you are to some degree. It's a good thing to know. And then let yourself know you're breathing. Let yourself know that you are breathing Welcome the experience of breathing into awareness. And here too, maybe take a moment to appreciate the very act of being aware of yourself breathing. Not taking that for granted. Or or not overlooking what a phenomenal ability it is to know anything at all. And now you're knowing you're breathing. As you exhale, perhaps you can soften your body. Perhaps almost as if on the inside of your body, as you exhale, you come back to yourself more deeply, settle in. And then notice if there's any pressure or tension in your mind, in your thinking mind or your mind itself, any agitation, tightness, any forcefulness, Is there any mental activity that you have, any thoughts, activity that involves involves some agitation of mind? And let yourself know that, just know it. appreciating the amazing capacity to know, to be aware of what is. you breathe, and as you exhale, see if you can relax your mind. Settle the mental activity. Letting the activities of your mind come to rest. Letting the thinking mind come to rest. Exile, let the mind settle in the way that a rough sea settles and becomes still and becomes a wide, horizontal, peaceful surface without a ripple. So as you breathe out, let your mind settle down, spread out. Breathing in and breathing out. Gently sustaining the attention on the breath. But as you maintain the attention on the breath, become aware of the general mood or attitude or state of awareness within which you're aware of all things, the breath, the sustaining of attention, What's the general attitude or state or mood that is coloring, being aware? Or that represents what it's like to be aware? when a person goes scuba diving, they're acutely aware of their breathing. It's so important to breathe. And They're also aware of swimming through a medium of the sea, of the ocean, water. Here, now, with the precious life-sustaining breath, breathing in and breathing out, what's the medium, what's the mood the attitude of awareness through which the breath swims. And then as you breathe in and out, keeping that thread, keeping that continuity of breathing, no matter what happens, breathing is your refuge. Breathing is your companion. And as you breathe, see if you can bring a quality of appreciation into your mind, appreciating You're aware, appreciating the mind itself without forcing it or trying too hard. Can you gladden the mind? bring a sense of contentment or well-being to that background mood or attitude, to that thing that's most fundamental about how you are right now, below the concerns of your life and about yourself. Allowing there to be contentment and gladness, well-being, appreciation in the mind. And as you breathe in the medium of the mind, as you breathe in and out in the ocean of awareness, perhaps awareness itself can have a flavor of well-being or contentment. And as you sit here, what stands in the way of you being content, even if things are difficult? What stands in the way of being content just to be here, alive and breathing, and aware? Can you at least temporarily put aside that which interferes with being content? Put it down, let go, relax, so that you can appreciate the simple act of being aware of your breathing can appreciate awareness and letting the mood or the attitude of awareness be one of contentment and well-being. in the last couple of minutes of this sitting. You can stop meditating, in a sense, and instead reflect a little bit about what the lessons for you, what lessons might there be for you from this sitting? If every meditation has a lesson, what's the useful lesson from this sitting? And then taking a couple of deep breaths, feeling your body. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So, the first tetrad of Anapanasati has a lot to do with the body. The physical experience of breathing, tuning into that, getting to know it. The experience of your body, what your body feels like. And then, relaxing your body. The second part, I like to think, second tetrad, I associate with uh, getting to know the mind but not the mind in general, but the mental activities. The thinking and the preoccupations, the concerns, the attitudes, what comes up in the mind. And, uh, and then uh, relaxing those. The third tetrad begins with knowing the mind. And then it's, the first step is knowing the mind, And the second step is gladdening the mind. And the mind, I understand to mean, the uh, it's different than mental activities, but it's the overall mood, or the overall gestalt of awareness, or the mind, or mental activities altogether. So I think attitude or mood, also I think of it as just the nature of awareness itself, the quality of awareness. And so it's possible to, in this background mood, this background attitude, this background kind of ocean of awareness, of knowing. And as, <clears throat> so the body in the first tetrad is a relatively coarse event. As we get more settled, what becomes more evident is uh, the mental activity. Often often become acutely aware of how much we wander off in thought and how much we're in thought. We're aware of other act- attitudes. We might be in the present moment, but we notice we're thinking a lot about, you know, critical thoughts about the present moment or ambitious thoughts about the present moment. You know, we're thinking about it. And then, but as we get more quiet and still, then at some point what stands out in the highlight is of the nature is awareness itself, or the nature of awareness, the quality awareness, or the mo- kind of this background mood or attitude that's kind of there within which all the activity occurs. And then the instruction says, interesting instructions where it says, gladden the mind, gladden this background mood or this attitude. And uh, so rather than just letting things be and just knowing things matter-of-factly, here there's instructions to actually change things a little bit. And it has to be done gently, carefully, because you don't want to override who you are, what's going on. You don't want to deny it and do a spiritual bypass. And, uh, you know, just because you feel things are kind of a drag in your mind, you're going to kind of sweeten it up. It can be done unrealistically. But you also, you don't have to just sit there and just let business be as usual it's um if it's available easy enough it's it's appropriate to uh, without a lot of effort, a lot of force or you know trying too hard to uh change the mood of the inner landscape and make that inner landscape be more uh receptive or not receptive but more welcoming more a place you like to be so you'd like to be inside your mind you'd like to be inside your knowing you know it's nice to because what we're lo- what we're going towards, moving towards, is a time and a place where we can be at home in ourselves. Feel really safe. We're happy to go inside. We're happy to be here. It's like, you know, like your best, you're you're your best friend because it's so nice in there. So this is a step to gladden the mind. To and I I associate it with contentment, appreciation. Let there be appreciation. Let there be contentment. Um So, it might be nice to hear from a few of you uh, what that last meditation was like. Did that bring forth anything interesting or surprising or useful? Um,
1: Well, it was almost like I was seeing my whole past life in a certain way, especially certain things I've always felt guilty for and never have been able to completely forgive myself and like let go of, it just all of a sudden it just became part of the landscape of who I am and it was, it was okay to just let it be there.
2: And so it wasn't the landscape, it was just part of the landscape. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really figured that one out. <laughs> nice. So I didn't have to go away, and that landscape was the overall kind of mood or attitude or sense beautiful. Thank you. Someone else.
0: i really started to think about um, the gratitude piece. You know, knowing this part of me that is somewhat scary. Being grateful for being able to see it. And when you said, what gets in the way, the first thing I thought was a person. And then I realized, no, what gets in the way is not knowing.
2: Hmm. Uh, so if I may, that's great. That, that's great you see that. But I'd like to suggest that maybe it's not knowing that gets in the way, but the consequence of thinking you don't know. What happens when you don't know? You know?
1: <laughs> I'll try.
2: <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> what, I, what I assume, what I would guess is that in not knowing, why what, not, not knowing gets in the way? You mean not knowing the appreciation?
0: Not knowing, not being able to see my, you know, my thoughts, not being able to see... What you're
2: doing in there, yeah, mm. good yeah, so this waking up process then is helpful, yeah, great thank, thank you. you that was great, and uh, yes, and after this one, maybe someone who hasn't spoken yet today
4: um so I had lots of thoughts, and unlike the previous settings, um, I wasn't so upset that I had lots of thoughts, I was just more uh, watching them and they were coming and they were going I was able to let go of them and feel pretty calm underneath this passing parade of uh-huh. thoughts
2: wonderful so the, ba- the, the the underground or the background mood or the under the ground of it all was calm yes and allowance of not being caught in them yeah uh, And so there was a kind of that like kind of a landscape kind of comment it was a, it was kind of a wider field in which you could it could occur rather than being the thoughts. Or exactly. Nice. Yep. Very nice. Yes?
0: When you were talking about contentment, I felt, I could feel myself smile. And I felt this tremendous contentment. And then I went, felt myself going much deeper. I mean, really deep and all the discontent started to come up I mean a number of things and I, I remember thinking which is true are they both true and um, I got that in this moment I felt very content in the moment but that the old discontent was still there Nice. and now in this moment I feel content, but, re- but the other stuff is there. Yes. And that's, I'm not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: so, it, oh, so it's complicated, all these multiple attitudes going on at the same time. <clears throat> but, uh, old habits can persist, but uh, they don't have to be the only game in town. They can just be a piece of the landscape, right? So there can be discontent, but there be a wider field of content that even knows that. That'd be nice. Life's easier that way. So, yes, Anne.
0: Hi. Oh, uh, I'm Anne. I um. Uh, uh, I also felt things that paralleled what other people felt. Like uh, I had a lot of pain in my back, but it was okay. I could kind of feel composed at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, mostly I feel like today has been extremely helpful for me and I have an appreciation for the people who came before us and made long lists <laughs> like the you know with Abhidharma you have little things and then you combine them to make things this, I, I, I mean I think that's what we were doing we were walking through or sitting through <laughs> um, uh, uh, different parts of things and that was extremely helpful for me mm. this was a really big thing Great. thank you very much Thank you. and thank you to all those people
4: thousands of years ago. you guys are great
2: <laughs> and it's okay if you had difficulty with that you know you know'm not you, don't, you know, but it's uh when I do these kinds of guided meditations it, you know it's uh, it's also a setup for some people being discouraged because you think you're supposed to be on track and it's supposed to be easy, right? I'm just... It's easy for me to... Talking is easy, right? Are you say, And then you think you're supposed to be right along, but that's not, you know... The mind doesn't always cooperate. And you have other issues going on, so I don't want to...
3: So, I had difficulty all day today, um, speaking of, and... um, including falling asleep and all kinds of stuff. And, and at the end, uh, I realized I was still revved up from yesterday, meeting with the county and having some issues with, for the neighborhood and, and, and so forth, um, and feeling my powerlessness. I was actually feeling very powerless as a resident of a certain area that the county was trying to impose certain things on us and, um, and um, this has permeated my meditation today and at the end however I was able to hold be, be, have the gladness have the contentment and hold the powerlessness be aware that I am powerless uh-huh. kind of maybe accept that on some level at least
2: well, this is where yeah. language is very important so uh, the, uh, you said that um, you, know, you had this powerless all day and then you were able to hold the powerlessness and that was nicer, it was an alternative. And then you say you have to accept I am powerless. And uh, when you said I am, you, uh, that's very easy to go back to the... That supports the idea that, you, that that's, all, that's the only game in town, that's what you are. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, more, more useful to say you just have to accept that there is powerlessness here you're actually more than powerless. You don't have to define yourself only by being powerless. There's powerlessness in your life, but you're not completely powerless. You're, you're, you're much more than that. And many times yeah. in our lives, we limit ourselves by one definition. Limit us with one, this is who I am. And so, what you said was completely fine, but I could hear in that language how often people, when they say, I have to, I am, that they've limited themselves. As opposed to saying, I, I have, this is present right now, or this is one aspect of who I am.
3: Right. No, I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Because the part of me also knew that why I feel powerless, I also don't know the result. I don't know. Right. I, it, the outcome is unknown yes. at this point. And I think the this comfort with the unknown is part of it i proud of it, yeah. Right.
2: Lovely. Thank you. So, what else? Anything else you want to ask? Now we have about 10 minutes left here. And uh, anything else you'd like to say or bring up, ask, report?
4: I had a bunch of agitation in the sitting before this one that we just completed, the first afternoon sitting, and the agitation was agitating me more, and my body started twitching, and I had weird tingles in my feet, and my jaw snapped shut, and just all this weird, I've never sat so long in my life, this is the first time, so maybe that's just normal, I don't know, but it was sort of, I was not judging it, but I wasn't very comfortable with it, Uh yeah.
2: I think generally it's a good idea to assume it's all normal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, um, and one of the nice things, when you're on your retreats like this, um, just assume that whatever you're experiencing is exactly what's supposed to be happening. And uh, something's working through you, something's unfolding, something's opening up, some lesson is needed. And that attitude that it's just right on time, this is what's supposed to happen, makes it a lot easier, then you can work with it. But if people have the attitude, oh no, this shouldn't be happening, this is the wrong thing, then we stop practicing, then it's harder to practice with, it's harder to get the lessons from it, it's harder to work with it in a productive way. So I wouldn't, what you, what you described, I've, I've had that, I've known people, other people have had it. Um, <clears throat> I think that probably a good number of these people here today Probably weren't very settled after lunch as they had been in the morning, and probably even felt a little bit like, oh, you know, oh. how many of you kind of <clears throat> didn't feel as settled at the first sitting after lunch? Then
4: <clears throat> I'm feeling better now, <laughs> <laughs>
2: feeling normal. It's kind of
4: liberating, yeah.
2: <laughs> Great. So over here,
0: based on what you said, so. Um, I realized in, uh, two, uh, two seconds ago it was like, aha, uh-huh, you have the space to hold the contentment that you feel and the discontent yes. at the same <clears throat> time. And it really can feel comfortable.
2: Great, yes, the space. <clears throat> and that space that holds it all sometimes is considered to be <clears throat> close to the nature of mind. It's the awareness that holds it all. Thank you. Yes.
1: I just want to say how grateful I am for this series and how much I'm learning. I, I feel like I'm changing more uh, per lesson than I ever have. <laughs> mm. the, uh, and the recordings have become my companions.
2: Uh, so you've been this, you listen to the recordings? Yes,
1: I highly recommend that because mm-hmm. it really deepens the experience of what we've learned here. So I can't wait for the next one.
2: <laughs> Great. I saw a hand over here. So If you can bring the mic. <clears throat> I keep forgetting to ask people to say their Hello. names. I'm Kevin. Is this working?
4: Work? Maybe this one. This is a little different from what everyone else is talking
2: about. But, um, is there a green light on it? You have to talk about it, how it's working. Okay. There There we go. Okay. This is um, different from what everyone else has been talking about, but the thing that you mentioned about mindfulness is kind of appearing out of nowhere. This, like, kind of. Could you talk a little bit more about that? No. (laughs) (laughs) That was my first reaction. But. I don't know what to say, that um, maybe some other people can be more eloquent about it than I, but the idea that... um, 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 I mean, if you you find yourself in a really good lost-in-thought moment, and then at some point you kind of realize you've been lost... But how did that happen? How did you suddenly realize that? Because you're so lost, you couldn't have the intention. Let's check out what's going on now. Let's discover what's going on. And um, so there is something inside that operates that is not our conscious, volitional self. <clears throat> we can set the conditions so that operates more strongly. The, the, the strengthening mindfulness, working with mindfulness, um, having a strong intention to come back, to wake up, all these things work also behind the scenes, kind of unconsciously almost. And they can get stronger and stronger so you're more likely to come back. But what feels really nice is to know that there's something that's taking care of you that's not you, the conscious you, the potential you. And uh, that, that, that coming back, waking up, <clears throat> uh, tends to be unself conscious. When we do things self-consciously, then it's very easy to bring with us all kinds of funny attitudes. But to to appreciate that moment when we came back without any volition, just were there, then um, there might be a, a, a and to study that, kind of be aware of that, you might discover something about the nature of unself conscious mental activity, unselfconscious way of being, that then as you appreciate it, you can let it kind of grow and develop and and kind of Inform how you meditate Thank you. That's a good answer (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Nikki is another maybe have mics go over to the stage again.
3: I have a pedantic question. Um, so, in the meditation this afternoon, um, the second meditation, you covered the second tetrad, and then the first two aspects of the third tetrad, right? And yes. the, the last two will be next time, right? I hope so, yeah. Okay.
2: <coughs> <coughs> yeah, so the... Uh, so the... Um, <coughs> the fourth tetrad, third tetrad, is knowing the mind and then gladdening the mind and then it's concentrating the mind and liberating the mind <clears throat> so next time we'll do uh, concentrating the mind and liberating the mind and, um, what <clears throat> and what we kind of skipped over today was steps five and six <clears throat> which is uh, experience joy and experiencing happiness it was just too many steps <clears throat> I thought and also just the way it was unfolding I didn't feel like it was somehow that was going to felt like we should touch on that again but maybe next time we can go through <clears throat> all the steps just much more sequentially to get you a sense of how it works we will as the, as these months go along you'll get a better sense of how these all work step by step and work together we're kind of partly laying down the foundation for that now so maybe next time we can do it more sequentially and go through it all and then, but then we'll get to. Um, getting concentrated and getting liberated isn't that nice all in one day <laughs> <laughs> so
4: a logistical question for those who didn't start with us the very first time do you have online the
2: I don't think we posted list of
0: tetrads
2: it's posted? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. so on the dharma site on the audio Arma, there's a place for the the recordings from last time. Not the first the first class wasn't recorded, the second one was last month, and uh, Don put the re- the that handout uh, of those 16 steps on that you know as a PDF next to the recordings. Oh, maybe that's enough for today. <clears throat> I feel like it's enough. I'm content. <laughs> and um, the, uh, <clears throat> I hope that this kind of uh, whole approach also gives you a sense of the richness, of the great value in the, of uh, breathing. It's focusing on breath. As a whole universe begins opening up uh, through the f- constant focus on the breathing, being with the breath. And, so, um, <clears throat> it's the custom here, the practice here at IMC, the people who practice here are the people who care for the center. We don't have any, we're all volunteers here, we don't have any cleaning service that come in, we, don't, we, we do it to all ourselves. So so it's nice if there can be about seven, eight people <clears throat> who can stay for about 10 minutes or so to do the basic tidying up we like to do after a day like today. Um, and the um, cleaning the bathrooms clean the kitchen people ate out there so sweeping the floor maybe and vacuuming it here and things like that and um, one of the nice things you're doing by cleaning tidying the place up today is <clears throat> preparing for the teen retreat which we have tomorrow we'll have about 40 or so teens coming to to meditate here and um, and and uh, they won't notice that it's clean. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't leave it clean. <laughs> what? But yeah, but it has, it has a good effect anyway. They, they, don't be, they don't have to notice to be affected. It's, it's the mood. So uh, if, do we have seven, eight people who would volunteer to stay. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Great. And uh, Dawn is the manager, so maybe check in with her so we coordinate a little bit. And for the rest of you, uh, take a moment and uh, just maybe even close your eyes and consider if there are any ways whatsoever that you might have benefited from being here today. Any way, anything beneficial for you? some understandings, some different way of being, having you escaped your problems at home, any way you've benefited. And then think about how, if there's any way that your benefit can be turned around and be offered to your community. That in some way, may be very small, that the people you encounter leaving here on the roads or in your communities or at work or anywhere you go can you help them their lives be slightly better so the benefits of this day spread from here out into the world thank you all And uh, Jan, do you need a ride back home?
0: You have been okay.